0: And the way that CrossFit was created was as a supplement to your other sports. It assumed that you had an active lifestyle profession, played other sports, and did CrossFit. So you were doing three active things. You're a firefighter, you're a landscaper, you are cutting logs for a living. Then you are also playing men's league hockey and you're doing – like that's that's what – so – doing CrossFit by itself four to six times a week might be under-programmed. Like, it might be under-programmed. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking
1: absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing, never stopping. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. As always, I'm here with Mr. Ben Bergeron. How are you? I'm good, Mr. Patrick Cummings. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to do our two minute drill this week. Two minute drill is when um, I go through my Instagram DMs and I pull out all the good questions that listeners send us and send you, uh, and I throw them out to you, the caveat being that you're supposed to answer them within two minutes. And I actually feel like we've been getting better at this lately, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Faster and faster talking. Yeah, exactly. It it depends entirely on your mood for the day. Um, So we've got a handful of questions. The questions are certainly within the realm of stuff we always talk about, but otherwise are relatively random. Um, If folks want to submit questions for the show, the best place to do that, like I said, is on Instagram. Find me at PS Cummings. Drop me a DM. I promise I read all of them. I add them all to our list, and then we try to get to them as quickly as we can. All right. Ready? Let's do it. First one. I've been working with a coach for a year following an injury. What are some signs that you should stick with a coach, and what are some signs that it's time to move on?
0: Um, uh, great question. Uh, I, I think if you're asking the question, it might be time to move on. Mm. <laughs> um, because generally, kind of like a kind
1: of like a, a girlfriend or a yeah, boyfriend. Exactly. Or like yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> yeah.
0: job. It's like a girlfriend. It's a place to live. It's anything. If you're kind of like wondering, like, hmm. Is it yeah. time to move on? Then it might be time to move on. Um, and honestly, I would rely on your gut. And that sounds so weird. I'm gonna keep this under two minutes, but um, your gut—it's a real thing. It's—it's mm-hmm. um, it's built into like your evolutionary biology, which you cannot put into words. Things that your subconscious brain will recognize. And that's like when you fall in love with somebody. You can't be like, oh, I, I just, I just, I, I just love them. I can't stop thinking about them. That's like. Yeah. It's your gut. And if you're wondering if it's time to move on from somebody, it might be time to move on. Now, that's the first one I was just relying on your gut. But if you want to put like some actual like uh, on a spectrum of things that you should be looking for, um, the first one I would do is like, is do you enjoy the time with the coach? Um, is it is it a value add to your life or is it, a, a, is it an energy draw? Um, is the coach encouraging? Is it, is the cur- is the coach interested in you or are they kind of, there punching the clock? Are they engaged with you? Do they feel like, do you feel like they care a lot about you? Um, and are you seeing progress? Like, that's just like, like, are you getting what you're there for? Um, now maybe that's progress. Maybe that's just a level of accountability and it's kind of up to you to decide what you're there for. Um, but, that'd be the thing. Are you like, are you getting your money's worth? Is it worth your time and worth your energy? Are they moving the needle for you? And if you're still having a hard time figuring out after that, then I would just go with your gut.
1: Yeah. Yep. Cool. Next question what do you do to connect with your wife for years I've abstained from movies TV et etc because I felt it was a waste of my time but eight months ago my wife uh, my wife had enough she needs me to sit down next to her hold her hand watch uh, and watch mm-hmm. a mindless TV show since then <laughs> lots of judgment in here um, <laughs> since, since then we have watched several series I'm wondering if you guys have run into similar issues
0: okay so tangent alert but yes. with this like this judgment and mindless TV, you know how I feel like you do about TV and I cannot for the life of me get into a series. I've tried Breaking Bad. I've tried Game of Thrones. I've tried Yellowstone. I can't get through one episode. I just, yeah. I cannot do it like you can't because we're like this person that it's like mindless. I don't feel like I'm moving myself forward at all. Dot, dot, dot. I got into one.
1: <laughs> Tell me. Because I got one too. Because I did the same. Ted Lasso. Oh my God. It's the same one.
0: See, we're the same. Totally. Right?
1: (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Yes.
0: Yes, go that Lots of judgment. And the reason that popped in my head was twofold is like we're talking about TV series and Mindless TV. But also there's an episode in Ted Lasso where he quotes a Walt Whitman quote, which I love and I've shared with my athletes recently, which is be curious, not not judgmental. And it's like the Ted Lasso show. So people on this um, list that listen to this, they're probably a lot like us and they have a hard time sitting down to Mindless uh this is not mindless. It's so well crafted fiction um that is so in line with the things that we talk about. Um cool thing is too. I think there's only one episode but Apple TV I just found out um just signed them for three more episodes, three more series, yeah, three more that. seasons. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So
1: yep. yeah, so it's on Apple TV, so that's another you got to find it. But
0: So, uh, it's really good though, right? You like it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, if you uh, yeah, um Yeah. Somebody I'm working with turned me on it. And the, and the scene that got me to look for the season was the the, the dart scene, which is the quote that's that a, you That's a said, Ted
0: Lasso. That's exactly Which it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if yeah. folks want to get a taste of it, go just search for Ted Lasso at dart scene and you'll get, it's like a five or six minute scene. If you like that, if that feels good to you, you'll like the whole series.
0: So I was talking in a coach's meeting, I was talking to my coaches and I was talking about the importance of curiosity. And one of my coaches was like, oh, it reminds me of that Walt Women quote, which was in Ted Lasso. And I was like... Don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> um, but if you can find that, he was like, "It's a great yeah. scene." Da, da, da. And I was like, "If you can find the next five minutes, we'll pop it up in this meeting." Yep. So we found it on YouTube, and that's what got me into it as well—the exact same scene. That's so funny. That's so was- crazy. Patrick. <laughs> okay, so
1: beyond that, let's let's actually tackle this question. That- well, two <laughs> minutes is up, bro. Next, I know no, we're done. <laughs> Moving on.
0: <laughs> Ted Lasso. Uh, okay. Go watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> so maybe that's one. May like. Yeah. Uh, you know, listener, go go watch this with your spouse because I watched it with my wife, who is worse than me and you. She cannot watch TV, <laughs> period, and she got wrapped in you know, it. She liked it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, other than that, though, um, I think they asked, like, "Have you ever been there with us?" And like, the answer is yes. Yeah. Like, of course. Like, yeah. everyone's in that. Everyone's been in that spot where um, someone else has some sort of um, interest that you don't have a lot of interest in, and you're trying to connect over something. Here's um, I don't, I don't have the answer in terms of like what this person should do. I can only speak from experience to something that I've done recently that has really moved the needle for my relationship with Heather. And that is um, I've been working hard to get home 10 minutes earlier every mm. day, like not 10 minutes earlier, every single day. I usually get home at six. I'm trying to get home at quarter of six or 5.50 to allow us um, an extra 10, 15 minutes. We're having dinner maybe five minutes later than we normally do, but We've started to um, do a self care practice when I get home. Mm. So we've done um, um, Wim Hof breathing. We have a sauna, so we've done a sauna. Um, we share reading okay. together. Like we'll, we're both. Uh, she's reading Eckhart Tolle's New Earth. I'm reading Deepak Chopra's um, uh, Seven Laws of Spiritual Success or something like that. Okay. Um, we go on walks um so we we I'm we're we're actively doing something together like we are and then we all of those things have a discussion after them even if you're reading then you sit down you go like takeaways thoughts whatever it is yeah. we go in the sauna and it's just the two of us in the sauna sitting across from each other and we talk about things we go on walks and we talk about things um saturday mornings i used to get up earlier than her and exercise in the garage by myself. Um, We're now doing that together Um, and I'm doing a better job of even we used to exercise together. I used to be like, this is my time. This is my space. This is like, this is where I detach and this is where I do my mental agility drills, whatever it is. Um, And now I'm there present with her. So a big part of this I think is um, ego, honestly. Not ego is like I'm most important. I need to win. Ego, in terms of like um, inability to stay present, Mm. which is um, we are bringing arbitrary, imagined past events and we are projecting unforeseen, unimaginable, not real future events. And because of that, and that's how we navigate the present, all with those two filters always going like we're pattern wrecking the machines and we are fearful of the future to try to keep ourselves alive and because that we're never actually really really present yeah. and what a disservice to the people that mean the most in our lives and it's something i've come i realize i've blown the two-minute drill thing already Sorry. second question ted lasso ruined it yeah uh, but um i think this is worth hammering home a little bit um i've realized how over the last like uh maybe um little bit whatever that is um how much of a challenge this present thing is. And I used to give myself a lot of credit for being, you know, I've done a lot of self exploration to try to be as good a version as I can be. And I've realized how much biases I bring into events that mm. aren't serving me at all. Um, and if you can strip those away, um, Like I'm trying to, I'm not there. Um, it, It really does open up a lot of availability for connection that might not otherwise be there. And I'm not saying to this person, like you need to meditate or go on a sauna with somebody. I'm also not saying go and hold their hand while you watch mindless TV. What I'm saying is try to drop the ego. And again, not like I'm better than somebody else, not that ego, just like, Are you bringing either projections or past to this moment? Because that's why we can't sit. And I used to say, like, it's okay to um, not have a lot of joy. It's okay to not have a lot of happiness, like the way everyone describes happiness, because what we're doing is there's suffering involved in the world. And what we're doing is trying to find our trupest DFB yourself and, you know, honoring your suffering, you know, um, Viktor Frankl style is the ultimate that's part of it. The other part is you can be light. You can be free. You can be lighthearted. You can be joyful if you're not bringing these. We are pattern recognition machines. If you drop the patterns and just sit in this moment, gosh, things get a lot lighter and you can be a lot freer.
1: Yeah. The way I always think about that is is it's so easy to time travel, right? Time travel back to the past, time travel to the future. It's so hard to just stay where you are.
0: Yeah. And I used to think that what that meant was like, you're thinking about the past or you're thinking about the future. And it's not, it doesn't have to be that, it's not that binary. You're Mm -hmm. in the present moment. You're thinking about the present moment, but you're thinking it through the lens of all of your past experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's what's effing us up. Cause you hear a dog bark. I hear a dog bark. You grew up with a golden retriever that used to bark when you used to come home. So that barking to you means love is waiting and you get excited Mm -hmm. and you feel good. I got bit by a dog three times as a child. So when I hear a dog bark, I get fearful. We are Mm -hmm. all walking around this world with these imaginary made up worlds that do not really exist. What's happening is there's a dog barking and it means nothing more than that. (laughs) Yeah. And if you can drop this past, it's not like dog barking. Oh, when I was younger, I had a golden retriever. So that's why this means we're not doing that. That's what we should be doing. We should be recognizing the triggers that are causing us to feel these certain ways. And when you are sitting with your wife on a Thursday night and she wants to watch Gossip Girl, and you're going, no, I won't do that. Why? Why won't you do that? That's what we should be asking ourselves. Mm-hmm. What is it about that moment that you have a hard time sitting down? Is it because? I don't know. I think that's for us each to figure out.
1: Mm-hmm. It says a lot. Uh, that your example right there was Gossip Girl, which I think was like 15 <laughs> years ago. So <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. <clears throat> I've been an active and busy guy for a decade and often wrangled with anxiety and chronic insomnia despite mm-hmm. training and working hard daily. Recently found that my cortisol is completely depleted. So adrenaline is going 24-7, i.e. wired and tired. As a result, I've had to really cut back training to just calisthenics and yoga and have prioritized meditation and a more low-key lifestyle. As you can imagine, It's a tough adjustment and I find it a lot harder now to, to quote unquote, pump myself up for a workout. Have you ever been ever experienced uh, adrenal fatigue uh, with yourselves or athletes? What has been your experience or insights?
0: Yeah. Cool question. Um, So I'll answer the last part first, which is uh, yes, I've experienced it with my athletes. I don't know if I've experienced it to that level myself, but certainly on lower levels, right? Mm -hmm. Which is just drained. Um, but I've experienced that at very high levels with some of my athletes, to the point where adrenal fatigue, to the point where um, their hair started falling out. So it was like, it was mm. for real. Is um, it worth
1: maybe explaining what it, adrenal fatigue e- is it would just be, so folks have a little bit of contact? It would be if
0: I knew, if I knew enough okay. to explain it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not the expert in that, so I can't go there. Other than think like chronic fatigue um, that you just kind of can't shake um, and uh, it's causing... Um, it's not like, oh, if I get some more, if you just sleep more, you're going to be good tomorrow. It's like mm-hmm. a chronic thing. Okay. Um, so, so from there, I think that this, the person asking this question is doing, I, yep. they're doing it right. It's just, it's hard. So <laughs> I, I've switched out the higher intensity and the constant go, go, go for the lower intensity, the calisthenics, the yoga, the meditation. I'm trying to put a more chill zone in my life. Um, that's. That's the suggestions, um, swapping out high intensity for meditation. Love all of that. Love it. That's exactly where I would go with this. Um, I will speak of the meditation. Like there's, um, I wouldn't get pigeonholed into one variation. So if you just do meditation and you do the calm app or you do headspace, I would experiment with, um, I don't know how to say some other than like some, um, so as a hard charger, you might get off more on like some hardcore things like Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some ones that like gets you like, a, you know, some really like hypoxic breathing where it's very intense yoga. Yeah. And that might um, that might like bridge the gap for you a little bit better. Um, but the idea is it's not going to happen today, tomorrow or uh, next week. You have to realize that this might take and you're not going to like the answers, this, but this might take six months. You might have to be doing this for six months, and then from there, the 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 worry about like I have a hard time getting kind of charged up for workouts. No, dude, you're not supposed to get charged up for workouts. That at this, you're supposed to be doing EMOMs. You're supposed to be doing um, more steady. You're supposed to be when you're done with. You're supposed to sweat and not um, be on the floor afterwards. You're not supposed to be scared of the barbell, because um, where you are with that adrenaline and cortisol is so out of whack. Um, The other thing I would do is I would start to get more into uh, a, a circadian rhythm. So, um, try to, uh, work on some really good sleep practices, meaning like you're dimming lights in your house. Um, you know, as it gets dark outside, don't have artificial light at all. Make sure you're off of electronics two hours before bedtime. You're eating two hours before bedtime. Um, I, I don't need to list all those things. We have plenty of podcasts that we've done on sleep or just look up good sleep hygiene practices, um. And then from there, I would start doing your workouts early in the morning. That is when cortisol is supposed to be the highest and it's supposed to taper off throughout the day. Uh, That's when you want to be doing that. So that's what I would, uh, that's where I would go with that. But other than that, the awareness level is super high for this listener. And I think that they're doing a great Mm -hmm. job.
1: Next question. I am a mediocre CrossFitter who started in my mid thirties, having never worked out or played sports before. I don't have competitive aspirations. I simply want to be fitter in my sixties than I am in my thirties. I do the boxes programming wad, uh, six days a week and one-on-one coaching for cardio or strength four days a week, depending on the season. I feel good with this, but my husband is worried about burnout. If I feel good, is this a healthy load or workload, or do I need to scale back due to my age and late start?
0: Okay. Uh, first off, I love it. You be fitter in your 60s than your 30s, not competitive, but um, you are competitive and I love that about you. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you don't sign up for a competition doesn't mean you're not competitive. Just because you're not trying to get better scores, you're, you're, competitive, you're competitive with yourself. You want to be fitter at 60 than you were at 30. That's competition. That's awesome in the best, best possible way. So lean into that, embrace it. You are a competitor. Um, from there, is it are, are should you heed your spouse's warnings that um you're setting yourself up for burnout that it depends on so many other factors i can't say that without knowing some other things so let me st- just list some of the things that you should be on the lookout for the first one that's most obvious is what else what is the box training like so if your box is doing um strength before their mecon and then they're doing big mech that are lasting 15 to 20 minutes and you're on the floor afterwards and you're also doing this extra stuff I would say that your husband's probably more right than wrong if you're doing this and you're also um working a full-time job and you're also raising kids and you also have a uh, um, you do fundraising and you're also part of the community garden club I don't even if that's a thing then I would say that you're really probably doing too much. If you're doing this and you're not sleeping well, then you're probably doing If you're doing this and you're not eating well, you're. Probably, everyone listens to podcasts regularly, I'm just going through the five factors. And each one of those factors is going to influence whether this is too much or too little. As you ramp up training, the other things need to take precedent as well. Now, what people can get away with is if you're not training a lot, your fear of overtraining, I should say, if you um, are are doing all of the other things very, very well, Think about a games athlete who has no other stresses in their lives. Ideally, of course they do. Um, but we're trying to do is mitigate as many stresses as we can. They can handle more training. That's the reason they can because they're putting more into recovery. They're they're um, putting more into their nutrition. They're focusing on their sleep. So um, the burnout level is just going to happen. It's like what's, um, what's going to overflow? Um, so we've got to make sure we're filling up the other buckets as you fill up the training bucket. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you just thinking about this, this kind of, uh, setup, right. Six, six, cr- assuming six CrossFit workouts, six Metcons, whatever you want to consider that. And then on top of that four extra sessions, is there with without the, the context of like, is this too much? Am I going to burn out and all that? Is that just generally, would you prescribe that to somebody who didn't have a very specific goal at the end of it, whether it was maybe I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to yeah. get better at the, the sport of CrossFit? Like, yeah, to me, I that, would. yeah, I would, no, yeah. I'm just I,
0: curious if like that, you would ever prescribe that without without knowing obviously more. For sure. That is not out of the realm whatsoever. Because really put that into context, like Greg Glassman, the way that CrossFit was created was as a supplement to your other sports. Yep. It assumed that you had an active lifestyle profession, played other sports and did CrossFit. So you were doing three active things. You're a firefighter. You're a landscaper. You are cutting logs for a living. Then you are also playing men's league hockey and you're doing – like that's that's what – so doing CrossFit by itself four to six times a week might be under-programmed. Like that's mm. – it, like it's might be under-programmed. Might be. Yep. What I'm, what do, but doing CrossFit four to six times a week and doing – um, a 5K one day, going and doing some extra squats and benching the next day, and the next day, going and play pickup basketball, the next day going for a two-hour hike, for sure, for sure, is not overtraining. Now, if you're coming off the couch, it is. Yes. And we have to have the right ramp up for everyone. But for this person that you can tell has been doing this regularly, they're very interested in it. They love it. It's like, and they're working with a coach. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so.
1: Cool. Next question. I'm a wrestler growing up. uh, I was a wrestler growing up and throughout high school. Now that I'm removed from it, I still have a bad relationship to food with a lot of binge eating Mm. from all the weight cutting. How can I work to change my relationship with food to a more positive perspective instead of always thinking about it in a negative
0: or unhealthy way? I, I think that they're pointing at the answer in their question. Mm. Um, which is they're looking at food as a negative, Mm -hmm. right? And which is what most people do. Most people are like, and every diet is about negativity, eliminate this, cut this, lose that like every single diet. It's restrictive. It's eliminate this, lose weight. These foods are bad. And what very, very few do is make sure you get in this. Make sure you're adding this. Make sure at least there's this much of this, mm-hmm. which is what EC in the 800 gram challenge has done very, very well. 100. Yep. So my my suggestion for people that are struggling with this type of nutrition is have the paradigm shift. Make yeah. sure, make sure you're getting in at least a pound of um sorry a gram of protein for every pound of lean body mass. You got to get that in. So now it's like right there, it turns it from restrictive to additive. You have to get at least, that's the minimum. So you got to eat, bro. You got to eat, you got to eat, you got to eat. Yeah. Yep. Then from there, make sure you're eating at least three meals a day. So, and each meal has to be the same size. So right there, the binging goes away. Like you can't binge now because where's binge is like, I'm going to restrict, restrict, restrict. I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to get, and then I'm going to, it blows up. So now, You have to get in the protein. You have to get in the timing. And then from there, you have to get in whatever you want to do. 800 grams of fruits and vegetables if we're doing East Sea's thing or the majority of every plate has to be fruits and vegetables. It's even simpler. Mm -hmm. And just there, just those three principles, you got to get in the protein. You got to get in three meals. You got to get veggies and fruit at every meal it kind of negates the, uh, the opportunity for that, the other mindset. Yeah. Add, 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 not subtract, subtract, subtract.
1: Got it. Next question. I'm a police officer and frequently encounter intense situations that are both mentally and physically demanding. Do you have any specific insights from coaching elite athletes regarding mindset and self-talk during intense situations?
0: Yeah, that's what I do. That's why I, I talk to my <laughs> athletes about all the time. Um, that's what I believe is the number one thing for performance is is the mindset. And it's such the right question. And gosh, can I, you know, um, I can't relate because I'm not a first responder and I've never been in the military, but I can uh, imagine the, um, the challenges of that profession. My brother is a first responder. Uh, he, is in, he is a firefighter. Um, so I can, I, I have some on the periphery. I work with a lot of people that have spent, uh, time overseas and seen, you know, some, some, um, the military, some, um, horrific things. So I'm not going to pretend that what I do with my athletes is the same. Cause it's not, mm-hmm. um, having said that there's, there's, principles for dealing with stress um and when i went out and spoke with the navy seals the thing i was most taken i I took away most from them which i i know was more than they took away from me talking about (laughs) is um how much emphasis they put on breathing
1: um
0: it's like i was i was shocked by it honestly it was before Mm -hmm. i got into any of my breathing practice and and so i was kind of like it was actually one of the big reasons I, I got so interested in breath work was from mm-hmm. speaking with them. Um, but it's a way to, it's a way to, um, all right. So again, blowing up the two minute drill thing, when we get stressed, your body sh- switches, there's this autonomic nervous system meaning automatic and it controls the things in your body. One is called the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest in repair. It's when you're, relaxed. It's when your immune system's doing its job. It's when you're digesting your food. It's when um, you should be spending the majority of your day, um, your mind, you can think very clearly. The other is called the sympathetic nervous system. And this is the fight or flight. This is like, shit's gone bad. Like you got to react and do something now, whether that's saber tiger chasing you down, um, boss, boss, Sending you down for a bad review or, um, a first responder in a horrific, um, um, situation. The way to get yourself out of the sympathetic and back into the parasympathetic nervous system, the hack is your breath. It is, mm-hmm. it is controlling your breath and the most popular breath technique that the seals seem, I'm going to say seem to use because I didn't talk to all of them. Um, But the one that has been espoused the most, it's a form of box breathing. Um, And it is um, a four-second inhale. So four-count inhale through your nose, hold for four seconds, a six-second exhale through your mouth, and a two-second hold. So it's it's an extended exhale from normal box breathing. Normal box breathing is four in, four hold, four out, four hold, four in, four hold, four out, hold, four in, and so on, the box. The the prolonged exhale actually even exemplifies – it actually gets you even more calm because what ends up happening is when we get freaked out, we start to breathe really short breaths. And the panic meter um, is how much – your body's reading how much CO2 is in your body. It's not reading how much oxygen. The oxygen level doesn't change. But the CO2 level does because we're not taking full exhales. So Mm -hmm. that nasal breathing – is one way. And then the exhale, prolonged exhale, and then your body realizes it just falls into cadence because it goes, I'm cool. I know I'm getting my next breath. Everything's balancing out and it kind of calms the whole system down.
1: Um, how much breath work are you doing now with your athletes? Just out of curiosity, cause I'm, I'm not sure we've talked.
0: About we do that. a form of Wim Hof breathing, uh, at least once a week as a group. Um, mm. the kind of, uh, um, we've done it all different. So, um, yeah. years ago it was, they did it on their own 10 minutes yeah, every day that. before every training yeah, session. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't the, um, the, the hypoxic over breathing. It was a meditative breath work, more like box breathing. Um, and right now we're doing uh, a form of Wim Hof, um, once a week together as a group. And the, uh, I think that probably half of them do it another day on their own as well.
1: Got it. All right. Next question. I'm a comp train athlete. Strength is a big weakness of mine as well as skills. I do the open track on comp train and add in pieces from the games track when I feel good and am able to do it with the right stimulus. My question is if I'm hardly ever sore, can I train more? Is that beneficial or do I just need to be patient and stick with uh, stick on the road that I'm on?
0: It's a cool question, but, um, sore, the goal is not to be sore from training. Um, but the goal is also n- to not avoid soreness. So <laughs> right. it doesn't really that him saying I'm not sore doesn't really help me out that much. Got it. I guess if he said so like, that's, like,
1: not that's not right, the indicator it's, of it's, you're I shouldn't at the say right that. spot.
0: It's one of many indicators. Got it. Um, you know, it's like saying, uh, I don't want to I don't want to give analogy. It's just one of three indicators. Um so in terms of recoverability from workouts there's really three things there's one is soreness he's right she's right one is soreness the other is um like metabolic distress which is basically like you're gasping for air so think about um running a 800 a 400 meter as fast as you can Mm -hmm. well afterwards you need you're gonna be breathing really heavy but you recover from it pretty quickly and what you need there is time so It's not about anything else other than time will get you back to recover that. Some people, it's 30 seconds. Some people, it's three minutes. Some people, it's three hours. Some people, it's three days, right? But after time, you'll be able to match that effort. Um, Said another way is if I had you immediately repeat two seconds later that same effort, you would not be able to maintain that speed. So you're actually diminishing your performance and getting worse. Um, The third one is what we just talked about, (laughs) Is, is cNS um, mm. central nervous system fatigue which is a little bit harder it's that's what can cause adrenal fatigue that's what it's too much time in fight or flight um it's um, it's the combination of those three that really kind of tell me how this person's recovering adapting from training equally what i'd like to know is are they um, are they making gains where are they in the life cycle of themselves as an athlete um, and this is honestly how we determine beginner, intermediate, and advanced and elite lifters. Um, at beginner lifters, the way you define a beginner lifter is somebody that can make gains from workout to workout. Yeah. And think about like anybody that's just starting off their CrossFit journey, or you take a high school kid, right? You take a high school kid, put them on a bench press, and the first day they do 65 pounds, three sets of 10 for 65 pounds. Then they come back in two days later and they can do it for 75 pounds, Mm -hmm. And the next day they come in and they can do it at 85 pounds, you know, three days later. That's like not day to day. That's not going to happen, but like session to session. Um, Intermediate is where people are making gains basically like week over week. So you could go, the heavy bench press is on, this is where most people, this is why like the international, Monday is international bench day, right? Like everyone benches (laughs) on Monday and then they don't bench press again until next Monday. That's because most people are intermediates and they need the full week to recover. And then elites take months, right? They take months and it might take them six months before they PR their lift. And that's why they can only do two max, maybe three competitions a year. So where are you in that life cycle? Um, if, uh, if this listener is in the beginning stages, then um, yeah, be patient. Just be patient. It's going to come. If you're in the later stages, it's like, no, you got to figure out, you got to shock the body, you got to change something, you got to add in extra supplemental work, you got to do something else. So train a weakness, you got to do something else. So it's not as simple as I'm not sore, should I do more?
1: I am a doctor and I've been doing CrossFit for a little over a year. I've also been coaching high school wrestling for a few years. My current team is a bunch of great kids, some of whom are quite good, but they've never had a consistent off-season strength and conditioning program, nor a good nutrition program. I was wondering if there are any high-yield courses or books or that sort of thing that could help me design both of them.
0: Uh, I was high school kids, is that what he said?
1: Yeah, high school yeah, wrestlers.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah. um, yeah, I'll, I'll just... Flat out, um, I'll put a pin in both of these. If you did start the starting strength program and the 800 gram challenge with your athletes, those two things, um, boom! Like starting strength by Mark Ripto and 800 gram challenge by E. C. Sinkowski, um, optimize mm-hmm. me nutrition. Those two things. Awesome. I answered the last question in two minutes. We got one more. We got one Oh, more. shit. Okay. Shoot. <laughs> I swore twice on this podcast. I you never did. swear.
1: <laughs> last one. A couple of months ago, I got a promotion at work. I'm happy, for, I'm happy for the extra money, but my responsibilities have gone way up. I feel like my cardio has gone way down and I don't perform as well in the gym since the promotion. I'm not sure if they're linked or not. Could other stressors like this negatively affect workouts?
0: For sure. Yes. 100% for sure. That's why we call it the five factors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And one of those, the most overlooked of those. So the kind of real quick recap two make sense to everybody, right? It makes sense to everybody. Your doctor talks to you about these. You got to exercise. You got to eat well. So mm-hmm. right there, there's already one more. It's like, how are you eating? And as people get more busy at work, usually nutrition slides some because now it's, I don't have time to sit there and make my dinner because I'm getting home a little bit later or I have work afterwards. I got to answer emails. Something happens. Um, Instead of like um, a nicely prepared lunch, it's like uh, at my desk and it's uh, the quick fast food thing or whatever it might be. So nutrition is one. Next is sleep. Once you hear it, it makes a lot of sense, but your doctor's not talking to you as much about it. Um, As your job becomes more important sleep sacrifices for a lot of people especially if it the workload goes up yep. the the next ones after that are basically i i, I combine them and call them stress mm. um which is um basically the way we mitigate stress really well is the way you connect with other people um yep. and the, your mindset um but it's, essentially it's stress and most people as they get higher levels of responsibility, the stress goes up. And that's the one that most people aren't um, tying to performance, aren't tying to leanness, aren't tying to health because it's, um, busy has been a, a social like notch in your belt for a long time. Like being stressed has been cool, right? Um, like I'm so overworked and I'm so busy and your parents are like you're crushing it like I'm so proud of you and like if you're getting a lot of sleep and you're meditating and you're spending time with walks in the woods people are like what are you doing with your life? Yeah Yeah. that's actually the most productive things we could be doing so to answer your question yes 100% um, the other things matter a lot and as um, one gets short changed. That's the thing that's going to bring you down. And it's going to represent itself in a host of different ways. One of them being performance in the gym.
1: Yeah. Got it. All right. That was a pretty good job two minutes. Close enough. I'm a friend. Thanks. Thank, you. Thank you everybody out there. Thank you to everybody out there for sending us questions. Again, just find me on Instagram, PS Cummings, drop me a DM and I will add it to our long uh, and wonderful list of questions. Thank you to everybody out there for listening, for leaving ratings and reviews. And we'll be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.